Welcome to this week's episode of the March for Eternity podcast, where we bring you biblical truth on topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. This episode is made possible by the Ultra Global Partners. To find out more information about the Ultra Global, please go to thealtraglobal.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Here are your hosts, Jeremiah and Paul Johnson. Welcome to the Mark for Eternity podcast today. This is your host, Jeremiah. Hey, everybody. This is Paul Johnson. So good to be with everybody today. Paul, we're going to get into a hot topic issue around the nation. You know, Roe v. Wade was recently challenged and overturned in the Supreme Court. You know, such a historic ruling um, that's been intact for over 50 years uh, in America. Uh, I've talked to a lot of leaders in the pro-life movement who who really, I mean, they prayed, they fasted, but I don't know that they really believed that in their lifetime there would be such a massive shift happening. And so we know that our listeners might have different opinions and perspectives um, on life. I, I know, Paul, you and I are you know, outspoken in our pro-life uh, approach mm-hmm. to, um, <clears throat> you know, just life beginning at conception and um, really believing and taking a stand in our own um, ministries, um, wanting to advocate. I personally don't believe that abortion is a political issue. No. I believe it's a biblical issue. I don't think it matters what color your skin is. I don't think it matters uh, what religious affiliation you are. I think if we'll just simply uh, look at how God himself, you know, Paul, it's so it's so interesting when you look at even specifically in the Old Testament, it says that they sacrificed their sons and daughters to demons. And yeah. I really believe even from a spiritual uh, point of view that abortion, the shedding of innocent blood, it fuels the demonization of culture. And when you look at just in America, I mean, you're talking over 60 million babies, the shedding. I mean, I, I told somebody recently, if, if, the, if, the, if the shed blood, you know, Cain and Abel, if that blood spoke from the ground, just mm-hmm. one innocent life taken, how much more is the innocent blood of 65 million babies just in one nation? What is that saying to God? And subsequently, what kind of demonization, demonic activity has been released in America due to the shedding of blood? So we're both grateful, uh, thrilled, but... Again, I just want I want to share my heart because to me it's it's not enough. Of course, for years we stood out in front of abortion clinics with red life tape and we've taken a stand against abortion, but also as believers in Jesus who feel so passionately about life, we we need to do something about it. And so, Paul, you told me that you recently had a vision mm-hmm. about the spirit of adoption. You know, yeah. as much as I, I'm thrilled that abortion has been abolished in some states, um, I also believe that we are now compelled uh, to be activated in something as believers. So, Paul, thanks for joining us again and would love to hear what God's been laying on your heart concerning this issue. 
Yeah, Jeremiah, certainly the fight is not over. And since Roe v. Wade has been overturned on a national level, you know, now it's gone back to the states. I know for us, where we live in Indiana, our governor, uh, Holcomb, Eric Holcomb convened the general council and they're uh, working towards a decision, uh, at least last I heard, but they've uh, not yet um, outlawed abortion in Indiana, but we're praying and believing for that decision to be made here soon. Um, As it relates to the fight not being over, I think that we have a responsibility as the church of Jesus Christ um, to be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world. And abortion in this nation is a huge issue. And as you rightly said, it's a biblical issue. This is a moral issue and a spiritual issue. Um, It's a spiritual problem when people think that they have the right quote unquote, it's my right, my body, my choice, unless it comes to vaccines, my body, my choice, that they could go and take a life when God is the giver and the maker of life. And therefore it's his right as the God and Father, the maker of all things, to take life. But we are not permitted to do so, and therefore abortion is murder. We could get into the biblical argument for all of that. But to me, it's clear, um, it's plain, I've become convinced. I certainly don't want to stand before Jesus and be on the wrong side of this issue. And really, I think many are going to find that they were on the wrong side of history, that they were advocating for something that is a black eye in this nation and in our history that I'm grateful for the overturning of Roe versus Wade, but the fight is not over. As I said, it goes to a state level and legislation will be passed and there will be um, a continued war that goes on the battlegrounds in the different states. I know many states had a trigger law in effect that immediately when it was outlawed, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, that, that instantaneously that those states, that abortion was immediately illegal. Um, so the fight is not over. Um, Back in June, right around the time of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, I had a very powerful encounter with the Lord. Um, It was very brief, but it has marked me, and I will never forget it. Um, What I saw was a vision. You know, Joel 2 says that because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. So this young man has seen a vision, and what I saw was very simple, but it, it marked me, and I saw the hand of the Lord. It was the right hand of the Lord. And it was sweeping over the United States. I saw like a geographical picture and it was moving from the right to the left. So from the East Coast to the West Coast, I saw the spirit of adoption is what I saw. The spirit of adoption was sweeping over the United States. And I believe that there's a movement in the church that is beginning to happen as a response to the overturning of Roe versus Wade, where God is going to begin to put adoption on the hearts of men and women, of families. Listen, you do not have to be young to have this put on your heart. This is going to be the the old. I mean, I felt like I saw the, the, the phrase, I heard the phrase, the 
pitter-patter of little feet will be among the elderly, that there are the, the, those more seasoned saints, the older, but also if you're single, God could be putting adoption on your heart. You don't have to be a young married family. But God began to give me a download from Ephesians 1, 3 through 6, also Galatians 4, 4, 4 through 7, that um, God is our father and he's an adoptive father. We learn that God has adopted us in Ephesians 1, that he's predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, that he's lavished his grace upon us, that before the foundation of the world, he chose us. And God has lovingly chose us. He chosen us. He's elected us. He's brought us into his family. He's forgiven us of our sins. And he has an eternal destiny for us to fulfill. And then Galatians 4, Paul asks this question or he makes this statement about receiving the Father's adoption. And it, and it led me to ask myself primarily, have I received the Father's adoption? So I would give that to you today listening. Have you received the Father's adoption because God is an adoptive Father? He's a good Father. He wants to bring you into His family, you know, in, in, um, a related way, John 1, 12 says, to as many as received him, to these he gave the right or the authority, the word there is exousia, to become children of God. Have you received him? Have you received the father's adoption of your life? Because in Galatians 4, we learn that God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts by which we cry out, Abba, Father. So Abba, Father is always the right prayer, whether it's in crisis or in blessing and suffering and breakthrough, crying out to him, Abba, Father, because adoption brings forth our sonship and sonship brings with it heirship where we're an heir, we're co-heirs with Christ and that's our true identity. So I saw the spirit of adoption sweeping over the United States, but I think it starts there first. Have you received the father's adoption of you? Because if you're going to adopt others, you need to receive the father's adoption for yourself. That way the home and the environment that you might bring these children into is a safe environment, is a godly environment, is a healthy home and space and place for them to learn about Jesus. So I'll get a little bit more into this vision that I had, but Jeremiah, your thoughts. Yeah, I think it's so important again that you know, we can't give away what we ourselves haven't received. So I think sometimes, you know, adoption as a concept is a good thing as a Christian. You know, we're supposed to help the widow, the orphan, if we can adopt. But a lot of times getting that heart or being empowered for those very things is going to come as <clears throat> we receive the revelation that God has adopted us into his family. So I just appreciate where the conversation is going and also just want to continue to ask our, our listeners today just to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Maybe some of you feel differently about the issue of abortion. I know many people have had different experiences, but we really believe that God is championing an adoption movement in the earth more than just lifting up our voice uh, against death, uh, death culture. We want to stand for life. So Paul, I'd love to hear more about what you feel like the Lord is saying concerning the spirit of adoption in this vision. 
Yeah, Jeremiah. So it was uh, back in, in July. I The Lord had laid this on my heart, and I, I felt like he encouraged me to share it. So I preached on a Sunday morning at our father's house about the spirit of adoption, and I shared the vision of the spirit of adoption sweeping the United States. And there was such a powerful wave of God's presence that, that came into our meeting. And I gave a call, and I said, you know, I see this as twofold. Number one is God has adopted me. Number two is because God has adopted me, I will adopt others. And so we asked people to come forward into the altars if they were feeling stirred by the Lord. Of course, it wouldn't be everybody. But I was surprised and encouraged by how many people, whether, I mean, we had people in their 60s and 70s that were down in the altars that were on their face, that were crying. We had um, young people who weren't yet married or we, you know, we had just an expression of uh, people from all walks of life that were down, that were wanting to receive uh, the spirit of adoption for themselves, but also uh, prayerfully stepping forward for adoption. And so I think that adoption is is on the heart of God. Of course, he's an adoptive father, but he's, he's beginning to burden. He's beginning to um, stir people. Perhaps you're listening to this and you feel a call to adoption. You do not have an option to be disobedient. You must be faithful. If this is what God is asking you to do, if this is what he's put on your heart, then be obedient and be faithful and God will give you grace. He will bring the funds. He will work out the details. I believe that there are ministries, adoption ministries and organizations that are being uh, created even right now that God's beginning to stir people in the earth, that there are things that are going to come forth as a result of this, the hand of the Lord, that, that things are going to happen. They're also from a legislative place that that um, a- adoption is going to become more affordable by uh, different acts that are going to happen by the hand of the Lord. I feel God's presence on that, even just saying that. But um, the the spirit of adoption, you know, God calls us as he's adopted us, we will adopt others. And what happened, Jeremiah, is I gave this call and there was such a powerful response and such a, a an amazing uh, thing that began to happen that um, I I leaned over and and began to discuss this with some of the other leaders in the church because I was feeling stirred. And we were really trying to challenge people that, yes, let's celebrate the end of abortion at a national level, but we've got to do more. And perhaps maybe God hasn't called you to adopt, but how can you support adoption? So we just spontaneously in that moment at the leading of the Holy Spirit, we gave a call that we were going to begin an adoption fund for families in our fellowship who feel stirred by the Lord to adopt children. And just in a flash, we had already received the offering for that Sunday. This is at the very end of service. I mean, we're two, two and a half hours in to God's presence. I'm sure some people had already hit the door. We received over $10,000 immediately and have received thousands more since then as God stirs people to donate and to to give to this adoption fund just in our community because we're believing for families 
season for adoptive children. I'm thrilled. I believe that the Lord is going to use Taylor and I to lead the way. We believe that God has called us to adopt, and we're going to be faithful to pursue that and to seek that out. Um, we've had it confirmed by the Lord through our own spirits, but also through um, a, very, uh, a dream that, that Pops had was huge, some other words and visions and things. So uh, we're trying to be faithful. We're trying to be obedient. Uh, this is not me just telling you, you need to go adopt these kids. I'm saying, hey, this is what we're going to do as well. And we want to lead the way in that and um, put our money where our mouth is and and uh, be good examples in that. But we feel stirred by the spirit of adoption, who is the Holy Spirit himself, recognizing that God is an adoptive father and that he's our forever father. And that just as these kids are looking for a forever family, we introduce them to God, who's our forever father, and we bring them into the body of Christ, which is our forever family, because Psalm 68 says God puts the lonely in families. So this is the plan of the Lord. Man, I feel God's presence just talking about this. I feel like the Lord is stirring upon the hearts of people listening. I really want to encourage you to be faithful, to be obedient. Listen, God's will is God's bill. Where there's vision, there's provision. If God has put this upon you, he will help to make it happen. All you have to do is say yes, give him your yes, surrender, and he will settle all the details and eliminate all the barriers and the obstacles for this to happen. Yeah, Paul, just so, so incredible uh, just to hear about your own yes and the spontaneous offering, that response from the people of God uh, in your own congregation. And again, just believing that people today listening are going to have their hearts stirred, maybe to get involved at a crisis pregnancy center. You know, there's going to be thousands and thousands of women looking um, I even just heard a, a stat the other day of just how how many women are now turning to adoption and life and what an opportunity for the church to to be alive and be active right now yes. uh, in the earth. So we want to encourage you today, pray about this, ask the Holy Spirit to stir you. And Paul, I actually just want you to close us in prayer, if you will, today on the podcast, just really praying for those who might feel stirred to adopt and then let's just also cover uh, women, um, maybe who have had an abortion, and we believe in the mercy, the forgiveness, the blood of Jesus yes. that's for all of us. Yes. And then maybe even somebody that's contemplating abortion today, uh, may Holy Spirit touch them. So will you pray for us? Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity today to share your heart. I pray, God, that you would use this podcast and this message, that you would take it far and wide. Lord, today we pray for anyone who has had an abortion, Lord, or even for men that may have contributed to their girlfriend or their wife having an abortion. God, we pray for your healing over their souls. Father, we ask you for your mercy to be applied, that they would receive your forgiveness. I thank you, Lord. Lord, for Psalm 103 that says, as far as the east is from the west, so have you removed our sins from us that you remember our sins no more. I thank you, Lord, for a fresh wave, for a fresh application of the blood of Jesus that would drive out shame, that would eliminate the grip of guilt upon anyone who has committed this sin. Lord, I thank you for your forgiveness, for your mercy over their lives. God, for anyone who may be pregnant now and be 
scared, Lord, who doesn't know what they're going to do. God, we pray that you would apprehend them right now and that they would choose life. Lord, we pray in Jesus's name that these children, Lord, would not be aborted and killed, but that they would have a chance, an opportunity to breathe their first breath and to live for you and to have an opportunity to know you, Lord. We pray that you would bring conviction to the hearts of anyone contemplating this and that you would put a strong no in their hearts, that they would choose you, that they would choose life, that they would choose, Father, uh, whether it be adoption or to raise the child themselves. Lord, we pray that abortion would not be an option, but that life, that adoption, that other means would be possible for them, Lord. And we thank you for your great grace that's with us, Father. Anyone that may be feeling stirred by you to adopt, Lord, I pray that the presence of fear would go in the name of Jesus and that faith would arise. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us a spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father, Romans 8, 15, you've not given us a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. Lord, break off the fear and give us faith to say yes to you, Lord, in every generation and every uh, moral issue and dilemma in our time, you have an answer through your church. I pray that we would rise up, that we would be the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus, that we would once again, Lord, care for the poor, for the widows, for the orphans, that this is true religion, James said. Lord, let us be found faithful in your sight. In Jesus's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Paul, thanks so much for joining us today. Again, thank you so much to all our listeners joining us here on the Mark for Eternity podcast. We'll be back with you next time. Bye-bye. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Mark for Eternity podcast as we seek to bring biblical truth to this generation regarding topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. We want to give a special thank you to our ultra-global partners who make it possible for us to release fresh content such as this in order to train and equip the body of Christ around the world. If you were blessed by this episode, make sure to go to theultraglobal.com forward slash podcast to listen to current and past episodes. God bless and thank you for listening.